Thank you. What happened in the Northeast that warrants more attention in your view? Well, I think there were quite a few episodes of violence where um, African-American schools were attacked. So I had come across an illustration from the late 1830s that described three incidents of violence against African-American schools. And I wanted to investigate those incidents of violence. um, And I also wanted to figure out, well, why were African-American schools attacked? And the process of researching those four incidents then prompted me to look more closely at African-American girls and women and their educational experiences. And the book starts off with stories about what happened in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. But there were also some incidents in New Hampshire. Can you tell us about what happened in Canaan? Yes. So it's the case of Noise Academy. In the mid-1830s, there was an idea among proprietors to establish an institution for higher education in um, New Hampshire, and that was Noise Academy. And this institution, though, would be a little bit different because it would be open to men and women as well as African-Americans and whites. So it would be one of the few racially integrated academies. And it opened. It was established. uh, Students enrolled. And the townspeople of Canaan were so upset that they did everything they could to destroy the school. And they were actually successful in doing that. And the school ended up closing in 1835. Is what happened in New Hampshire typical of what happened throughout the Northeast as desegregation was slowly setting in? I think in the 1830s, yes. So there were three other cases that were documented of attacks against African-American schools in the Northeast in the 1830s. Now, things change a little bit by the 1840s, 1850s. There's less physical violence targeted at African-American schools. And there actually is, um, there are more examples of racially integrated schools. And so that violence lessens over time. So the Noise Academy case is representative of just general vitriol and violence in the 1830s. But I think 20 years later, that violence recedes. And so you do get conversations, even in New Hampshire, about how how schools might actually become racially integrated. Mm-hmm. And since writing this book, you've learned a little more about Portsmouth High School in the 1850s. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Yes. So an archivist emailed me. She's an archivist at the Portsmouth Athenaeum. Um, and she shared with me this document from the Portsmouth School Committee where the committee is debating whether or not to integrate its schools. And ultimately, they decide not to. But they're very well aware of other cities and towns in Massachusetts that have integrated their schools, like Salem and Nantucket. And so what's interesting to me is how the activism of African-Americans in Salem and in Nantucket, Massachusetts, then reaches New Hampshire and reaches places like Portsmouth. Broadly speaking, in your studies of what happened in the Northeast uh, as far as desegregation of schools went, was this process primarily driven by white abolitionists or what was the role of black women themselves in in making Mm -hmm. sure that they can get an education for themselves? So you definitely had white abolitionists who acted as allies. But in the book, I really talk about African-American girls and women as sort of self-starters, right? They had their own sense of ambition and they had their own dreams, their own goals, and they went in pursuit of that. Cabria Bumgarner, thank you very much for speaking with me. Really appreciate it. Thank you.